Welcome to High Performance Gym, the personal and business development podcast for health coaches and personal trainers. My name is Key Witherspoon, former personal trainer and gym owner turned high performance coach and lifestyle entrepreneur. My mission is to help coaches develop their entrepreneurial qualities and the business to create a freedom-focused lifestyle. I believe we all have a uniqueness that we need to unleash to achieve this, and this is your genius. Each week, I'll be bringing you an inspiring person or message to help you perform at a higher level so you can become a confident and resilient coach to build the business of your dreams. So thanks for tuning in today, and I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome to today's show. So today's show is a very powerful story from Terry. Terry is going to give you a real live and raw interview about his troubles in lockdown, but where he actually developed to. But I just want to do this quick interruption now because since then, since we recorded this podcast, this was actually a few months ago now, Terry's podcast, which he talks about in the show, has absolutely exploded. I think it's like the top four or top two in his industry now. So this is just a demonstration of how far you can go just by believing in yourself. But let's listen to Terry's story. It's very powerful. It's very real. And enjoy today's show. I've got an awesome guest today. Um, it's Terry. Terry has a really great story. But just before we jump into Terry, Terry's going to introduce himself. Just want to kind of highlight or just we say what this podcast is about. So it's about creating opportunity, freedom, and growth. And the reason I started this podcast was for that very reason, because of the things what happened in lockdown. Everybody was pushed into a really awkward position and didn't really know where things were going. And this is one of the reasons I started this podcast is to, because I really believe that we have opportunity in this new world for everybody, everybody who's willing to work for it and who everyone who's willing to see opportunity. And Terry is a really prime example of how he's changed from the start of lockdown. So I let Terry introduce himself. Uh, we'll listen to Terry's story. And yeah, this is going to be a good one. So welcome, Terry. Thank you for coming on today. Afternoon, Keir. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on board this podcast. Oh, well, I was on yours last week, wasn't it? And then you're on here, so it's it's all good. Well, yours kind of snuck into my feed under the radar the other week, and uh, I'm currently working my way through that. I'm, I'm enjoying this one, so I'm, I'm honoured to be on it. And then you'll be able to listen to yourself soon. I, I actually like listening to myself. One of those weird people, I go back and listen to everything I do. I think I amuse myself too much. <laughs> so Terry, just give us an introduction. I mean, take as long as you want. You've done it be a quick one. It'll be a nice long one. Just give us an introduction to who you are and then we'll go from there. All right. Well, I'll kind of go back to the start and keep that a bit brief. But uh, initially, um, going back to my school years, my formative years, um, I didn't enjoy school. I was crappy. I had no interest in it, no passion for it at all. It was boring as when i left school i went to uh uh what do you call it um leeds college of building so i became a joiner worked on building trade for about 10 years uh decided that one year i got sick of working in cold and i wanted to work somewhere warm over christmas so i went to work at mcdonald's enjoyed working at mcdonald's that much i stayed there for five years and wound up running some stores um then they started treating me like crap when my wife got diagnosed with multiple cirrhosis and said they'd support me and didn't Uh, particularly so I then left became a professional gambler for a year Uh, after that I decided it wasn't necessarily the best route to take long term so decided I wanted to I like working with people in in small numbers I enjoy coaching and I wanted to be my own boss so became a driving instructor which is what I've been doing for the last few years then lockdown hit and as instructors we've not been able to teach 
So then I have taken a bit of a detour into creating some online courses and also podcasting, of which I now have two podcasts out, which brings us to today. Awesome. So let's just rewind that a little bit and tell you. So what I want you to do is I want you to take us back to March 23rd, 2020. This was when Boris announced that the national lockdown will hit and will absolutely just put everything up in the air. So take us back to what what that time was like for you. Again, like you, my business got closed, so I know how that feels to no longer be in operation. Um, so just tell us about what your initial reaction was, what happened, and what were your thoughts on that particular day? Um, I'm actually going to go back to a little bit further than that, sort of the two weeks prior to that, because those two weeks were, were two of the most conflicting weeks of my life. Because on one hand, I could see this lockdown coming, and I felt like we are going to be closing down as much as at the time, Boris, I know this isn't political podcast, but Boris at the time was saying, oh, just stay out at pubs, just stay out at pubs. You could kind of sense something more serious was coming. And I also was thinking, I don't really want to be out teaching. It's not the safest thing for me. And if one of my students has COVID and passes it on to me, I'm then passing it on to another student. But then on the flip side, I'm thinking, well, if we are going into a lockdown, what's going to happen to my income? So I was in this real conflicted moral dilemma almost for about two weeks. And the day before Boris announced lockdown, um, I cancelled all my lessons. I told even the, the guys that I test, I, I told them all that. I said, I can't teach. I can't, I can't bring myself to do this. It's not fair on me. It's not fair on you. And it's not fair on my family, especially seeing as, you know, my, I've got some high-risk members of my family. My, my son's asthmatic, my wife's asthmatic, my wife's got multiple cirrhosis. You know, I had to make a decision there. So then that was the day before Bar Boris announced it. So then when he announced it, I'd almost accepted it beforehand, but there was just this feeling of, crap, what do I do now? And on one hand, I was, for the first few weeks, the approach I'd, I'd had, I'd have some savings. I'd had a really rough end to the year previous. I'd had a, a lot of stuff go wrong, and and a lot of the savings I'd saved up then anyway had kind of just disappeared. So really, I'd only had savings from January, February, and March that year. So I didn't have an awful lot to go off, and that was my biggest concern: finances. Uh, and I was initially thinking, well, shall I get a job? Shall I do this? You know, try to work what to do. So again, it was just really conflicting. And I had a, a massive, massive saving grace in that I had a family member, an uncle, um, who just rang me and said, can I help you out financially? And he threw a couple of grand my way. And it was like just the, the biggest wave of relief ever because it was like, right, okay, I can stay home and look after my family. I can be safe. Um, but the most heart-wrenching one for me uh, and I'll be quite open and honest with this. And I can't remember the date, but it was when uh, Rishi Sunak uh, delivered his speech and about what they will be doing to support everyone financially. And regarding the self-employed, he said, you'll be getting this amount, you know, the 80% or, or whatever it was, but you'll get it on this date. And I, I was just ridiculously deflated because 
I'm like, what am I going to do up until then? You know, how do I feed my family up until then? Because everything he's done is almost unretrospectively. And this isn't me criticising the government. You make up your own decisions around the government. But that's how it impacted me, and it was massively deflating. And I, and I think that first month of lockdown, the April, uh, did affect me a lot better than I, I admitted at the time. Badder? <laughs> a lot worse than I admitted at the time. Up, <laughs> I do that a lot. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, it affected me a lot worse than than I admitted at the time. Um, the the kid struggled at home. I was struggling to to teach him. The, the, my wife had a, a relapse of her multiple sclerosis at that time, um, so it was kind of like, and obviously the financial thing as well. Even though my uncle gave me a base, it wasn't going to last us indefinitely throughout lockdown and this grant announced. So, you know, the the initial thoughts of it were just massive conflict and uh fear not even of the virus it was a fear of crap how am i going to look after my family because also with when my wife had that relapse and then i can't go get a job i've got to stay home and look after the, the wife and look after my steps and i've got you need someone to look after him school wise um so yeah it was the, that was the two overriding feelings i think the the fear and conflict so wh- where did you go from there then so you had all these fears you had all these what is going to happen you know i think you could probably there's a lot of people who could probably relate well with you um and certainly the financial side of it but also the stress of the family you know it's not just a case of you know your fat your finances have been taken away um but there's also like yeah, I've got these guys to support. And it's not just supporting them and you've got to be paid for them. You've actually have to support them physically. You know, homeschooling kids, looking after your wife. These things take a lot of, they put a lot of stress on, a lot of stress on people, right? So what was, where did you go from there? Then you're in that position, where did you go from there? Um, initially, I went into Terry mode, which is let's do everything and do it all by yourself and you'll be awesome at it. And then that failed me. Miserably. Um, and in fact, I'll give you a quick example on that. In I thought, right, well, I've got all this time because kids only schooled essentially what four or five hours a day. And the wife, as much as I say looking after, it's not looking after, there's just stuff that needs doing essentially. Yeah. So I thought, right, I've got all this time. I'm going to do yoga every single day. I'm going to do 20,000 steps. I'm going to lose all this weight. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to... Anyway, a week later, I'll just, it collapsed because I, you can't. Do it all. I can't do everything. Um, so after that initial collapse, it, it I then took a step back. And the single biggest thing that helps me, and this is probably almost going to sound like a bit of a shill, but it's really not intended. The single biggest thing that helped me was uh, my Facebook group for my learners, because I suddenly realised they need a bit of support as well because they need support in uh, lessons. Uh, when a lesson's going to restart, these guys are texting me saying, um, you know, what's going to happen in four months when a lesson's going to restart, when will test restart, you know, and, and concerned about what are we going to do, you know, all this money and time they've invested, that is it lost, you know, and they've got their own set of concerns and it's like, I can be there for them. They can be my little escape. So every day in that, that learner group, I, I went in there and I just spent some time on them, answering their questions, doing lives, making training videos. And it was just such a, a brilliant little escape for me. And it was one of the things that helped keep me that helped keep me saying that I'm a dog, walking my dog every day. 
um, because she's just my best mate. She's an absolute legend of a, of, a, of a dog. She's brilliant. Them two things were the things that helped keep me sane. And, and then throughout that lockdown, yeah, I kind of narrowed it down to, to a few things that I'm working on. That that This is the, the first lockdown, the, what was it, April, May and June, I think it was. Um, and they were looking after my wife and kid, um, looking after my students, and then looking after me. And that's the one that took longest to click into place. But I made sure that there was something every single day that looked after me. That could have been watching a film. It could have been going for a walk. It could be, it could be anything. But there was one thing every day that just made me, maybe happy is the wrong word, because it's difficult to be happy at that time, but not unhappy. I like it how you switched that, because there's something that I say a lot to people when they get fearful because we all fear a lot of things so we always want to be confident in something but we become fearful you know we, we lack the courage to step forward and start doing the things that we know we need to do and one of the biggest things that i say to people is be a role model like just switch that because we, we internalize everything you know we always oh, i feel like this and i feel like that and i'm scared i'm worried and we internalize the more we internalize the more we think about it and the worse it gets so what i always say is, is exactly what you've done just be there for somebody else be a role model to somebody else. Let somebody else rely on you because then that changes the way you think, doesn't it? It, it changes that. It's not about you anymore. It's about them. Yeah. And it just totally changes the way you think. I think that's so important to understand, especially in times like lockdown. So where did you go from there? Then what were you saying? So we, we, you, had the, you had your group, you were doing lives. What was going through your mind then? Did you see something creating or did you just feel like it's something that you should be doing well just touching back on what you said before then about being that role model the other thing i found with that is when i start dishing out advice or start helping other people it makes me stop and think but i'm not doing that i'm giving that really awesome phenomenal words of wisdom to them but i'm not doing that for myself right i best start so those words then echoed in my head, which then made me look after myself. So I think it's a, a really valid point you made there. In terms of what I did then, um, the, the, again, going back to those three months last year, the thing that just clicked with me was, I'm just going to get ready to come back. I'm going to be the most prepared, the best driving instructor that you can possibly find. And again, I had all these grandiose ideas of what I'm going to do. I was going to do the podcast, going to do the theory course. But that first lockdown, I couldn't. I started, I tried, failed miserably. It wasn't feasible in that first lockdown for me. That that came later. But that's, again, that's that's what Terry does. He has all these awesome ideas, try to do them all at once. Then that's what Terry used to do. <laughs> that's what I did in that lockdown. So the thing I did, all right, I'm going to prepare to come back. And one of the big things I did, and I got some flack for this online over instructors as well, was I had a, a student celebration. And I think it was 10. I picked 10 students that had passed with me over the years. And I did um, like a little video on them talking about their story and what problems they had and how they overcame that and why they want them to pass. I made sure they were okay with it. They weren't featured in the video. It was just me talking, but I made sure they were okay with it. And each one was. And I did that over a period of, of 10 days. And it just got me going 
because we're like, look at what I've done with these people. This isn't just teaching someone to pass a test. I've helped develop these people. And the feedback I got from them guys was awesome. And the other thing it did, it really inspired my current crop of learners. So even when though they were, their, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, their motivation was diminishing, they saw this and it started inspiring them again. And the the communication, the, the, uh, the engagement uh, on my Facebook group was just phenomenal at that time. And it's always pretty good, but it just shot through the roof because they were massively inspired by what we're doing. And that also helped me go on and start playing with video a little bit. And I started making all these other little videos. I made one brilliant video, which I can't even post because it's against Facebook music laws. But there's basically me filming my car. Uh, and there was the soundtrack from, um, oh, crap, the Stanley Kubrick film, uh, the sci-fi one, Space Odyssey, uh, 2001, the Space Odyssey. There's music from that. And me doing different shots at the car. Then right at the end, it just cuts to a picture of me with this other soundtrack going, I'm back, like that. But I put it up and then Facebook took it down because it's against the music. <laughs> but it was brilliant. It was such a good little fun thing I did. And again, while it was up there, I had this massive engagement. And so while I was off, I wasn't trying to, but I inadvertently learned all these new little video techniques and tricks that I've then been using ever since as well. Can I just take you back just to a little point there? I think it's really important um, that you mentioned because this is a lot of people's biggest fears, especially in business. One of the things you said there was all the instructors went, sorry, what was the word you used? They didn't go against you. What did they say? What did they do? Um, they gave me some flack. They gave me some stick. That was the word, uh, flack. Yeah. And it, it wasn't criticism. I mean, I, I get criticism online, but it wasn't criticism. It was more, why are you doing that? You know, I mean, and the other thing was, I, it, it's one of those things where I'm not sure that all of it was aimed at me, but I, I know there was one day when I put three or four of these posts and I saw someone post in a, in a group that I was in, what's with these instructors celebrating the past students? So it may not have been aimed at me, but it seemed a pretty... Um, coincidental thing some of it was specifically aimed at me I know it was but I know that you know I might have been reading too much into some of it as well but I've I used to be one of those people that would be like um, oh I don't care what people think me I'm not bothered you know I'll just tell them oh F off or whatever you know I used to be like that but that was just non yeah that was just a facade that was just a front or one of those people. And I think, to be fair, I think most people that are that brazen and brash saying that put it on as a front. I, I honestly believe that. I did. It took me to take a step back and admit, yeah, that it bothers me. That's what's stopping me doing stuff online because I'm scared of people. It took that for me to admit that before I could then get over that. And the day I got over it, the day I got over it was when I put a picture up and I'm bald. You know, if you, I'm shiny on top, right? But I put this picture on Instagram and it was, I think I was stood next to my car and someone went on and commented, look at the size of that guy's forehead. And I can remember looking at it and thinking, why would you put that? And I was more analysing it than bothered. And then when I looked at it, I thought, my forehead's not even that big. I'm just bald. He thinks that's my entire forehead. 
And then when I read it again, he spelt the word four as in the number four. So what he'd actually put was, look at that guy's four heads. And I'm like, why should I even be bothered by this chap's opinion when he doesn't know the difference between the top of someone's head and their forehead and he can't spell the correct four? Why should I give a toss? And ever since that point, I'm not saying it doesn't faze me because I would rather put some out there and get pleasant feedback, but it, it, I'm not concerned by it anymore. Well, we, we actually spoke about this on your podcast, didn't we? And I, the biggest fear for people is being criticised online. Mm. Exactly what you're saying there. You put something online that, and someone's criticising you about something that you're not even talking about. They're criticising you, you, your appearance for a start, which is it's, it's really, really low. But I think one of the things we spoke about, and like I say, your opinion on this, is the people who criticise are the people who are trying to drag you down. And the reason they're trying to drag you down is because they're lower than you. You know, you're trying to work up, you're trying to work yourself up, you're trying to be a better person, you're trying to help other people. And the people who don't like you doing that are below you and they're trying to pull you back down. The people who want to see you succeed, the people who want you to go up and move up and, you know, and, and better yourself will put a hand out and help you. I think that's what a lot of people miss online or in any in any respect. It's not just online, it's, it's, it's across the board, isn't it? If you feel like you're getting trolled or you're getting you know, scrutinized or criticized, unless it's helpful criticism, it's someone just trying to drag you down. And exactly what you said there, the guy couldn't even spell four. He put number four and didn't even know the difference between your forehead and the top of your head. So, you, you know, you, you, what, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think that I agree with what you say in there, in that you only tend to get criticized by people and... I hate the phrase I'm about to use, but I can't think of a better one, so I apologise to everyone in advance. But you only tend to get criticised by people beneath you. You know, people are lower rung on that particular thing that you are. Um, you don't tend to get criticised by people above you, by people that you respect. There has been times where I've had people who I consider my peers that have messaged me privately and said, Terry, I think you'd be better off doing this. That's not criticism. That's someone giving you advice or helping you, you know. And so, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I mean, can I swear on this? Absolutely. Right. If anyone's triggered by bad words, this is perceived as the worst one. Um, last year, I had to self-isolate in December. I was self-isolated for 10 days because um, one of my students got COVID. And I was a bit annoyed and fed up. And I went online and... I shouldn't have put anything really, but I was, you know, just posting. I went on and I can, I vent in my frustration over the fact that I'm self isolating for 10 days, but I'm not entitled to the 500 pound grant that they were giving out because the previous year I'd earned more than the, the threshold, even though I'd earned nothing last year. The previous year I'd earned more than the threshold. So I couldn't get 500 pounds and I had no money over Christmas because of that. I self isolated on Christmas Day. So I was frustrated over that, and I commented on that, and commented that, that yeah, I could be fined £10,000 for breaking it. So I get nothing for self-isolating, and I have no money to buy my kids presents over Christmas, but I could get £10,000 if I go out to buy my kid a present. And I commented on that, and someone responded was, something along the lines of, fuck off, you cunt. Now, firstly, I don't even think I said anything wrong. But clearly it triggered him. It could have been in exactly the same situation with me and taking it personal, whatever. But a year ago, 
that destroys me. I don't go online again for three months or maybe more, more than a year. I get mixed up with my timeline now. But, but it didn't. It didn't even phase me because my first thought was, why is he saying that? That's more a reflection on him than me. It's not a reflection on me at all. I've hold, held a mirror up to something that he was thinking. I have no idea what. No idea what. I've held a mirror up to something that he's thinking, and it's bothered him that much that he's had to respond in that way. My response to him was, thanks for that. Have a great day. And he didn't reply. And I genuinely didn't affect me. It didn't. At first, I was shocked. Like, why would someone respond with that to that? So, but it didn't, it was, it was genuine like water for ducks back. And I think that everyone's different, but that's how I deal with it. Why are they doing that? Why? I mean, again, look at it. I'm a driving instructor. I'll go up and I'll put a post about driving safely and not breaking the speed limit. And I'll get criticized for that. Look at what people are criticizing me for. I'm suggesting you don't kill people. And they criticize me for it. I get called names. I get insults. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like a massive pile on it. It's not like every day I'm getting abuse, but it's there. So I would never tell anyone, oh, don't worry, you won't get any abuse, because you might. But like I say, I'm repeating myself, but the way I deal with it is I try and work out why. And 99% of the time, it's just you clearly put something that they don't like. And if they don't like the fact that I'm saying not kill people, well, I probably don't want the opinion of that person anyway. That opinion means nothing to me if that's what they're arguing with. Love it. Good answer. Really, really like that. So take us back to, or take us forward now. So you've hit lockdown like everybody else. It's like, shit, what's happening? You've been put in a really awkward position. What did you do to develop? What did you do differently? I'm not saying that what other people haven't done, but what what do you feel? Or maybe say, yeah, in your industry, what do you feel that you've done differently? So you're in the driving instructing industry. And like we spoke about in your podcast, I say it's a coaching industry. Um, mm. Whether you're in a car, you're in a gym, on the phone to someone, it's a coaching industry. What did you do differently with your business that others didn't? There's there's three examples of this, actually. Uh, the first one is the first lockdown, like I mentioned before. And the big thing I did differently there was, I don't know if different is the right term, but it was preparing to come back. I wasn't just sat there. And the big thing I saw a lot online, because again, I'm in a lot of instructor groups for, on, on Facebook. The big thing I saw a lot there was other instructors whose students were messaging them when they were coming back. When None of mine did. They all knew. Everyone knew what was going on. Almost every single day I was updating my group or the people that were in my group were messaging almost weekly. Everyone knew where they were at. I had the smoothest comeback ever. Um, so I think that was different in that first one. We had like we were affected in the mini lockdown in November one last year. Instructors weren't allowed to work in the November lockdown. I know a lot of industries were, but, but we weren't. In that one, I did something a bit different again in the in my Facebook group. I got loads of trainings for my students. Uh, from the rightly, I did a training. I did made like a training video Monday morning and followed it up with a live on Tuesday evening. Uh, training video Thursday morning, followed up for a live Friday evening, sort of Q&A on that. Every Wednesday of the lockdown, I got a guest expert in to come in to talk about nerves, to talk about um, uh, anxiety. I can't remember what we spoke about, <laughs> which is a bit annoying, but I got some brilliant people in. I'm going to give them a shout because they're brilliant people. If you ever see them, 
ask and follow and whatever. Robin Bates, Haley Field, and Jessina Soto, uh, three awesome people. And I actually got world-renowned famous uh, psychologist, not psychologist, a word similar to that, uh, Richard Nichols, who wrote the book 15 Minutes to Happiness, he came on as well. He, he did a pre-record for me. But these other guys did lives for like an hour in my group. So my students had it good that November lockdown. Honestly, they were buzzing. They preferred that to me, giving them lessons, which might be a good thing. Then in December, again, I was self-isolated for 10 days and I came out on Boxing Day. Then we locked down on in January, so I only had a few days out of isolation. In January, what I've done, and again, I can't use the word different because there are other people that have done it, but maybe different to the norm. It would be the best way of putting it. Uh, created a training course for the theory test, um, which, being honest, has died on its ass partly due to me not promoting it properly and partly due to people not wanting to pay for a training course. I just want to pay for an app and answer questions. Um, but that's a, another story. But I did that and I, I learned how to create courses. I learned how to make more of these videos and I've got a shed load of content there. The second thing I did was I created the Five Minute Theory podcast, um, which is essentially what it says on the tin. It's five minutes for the theory. Uh, five, Well, five to ten minutes, but five to ten minutes doesn't sound as good as a name, does it? So the five-minute theory podcast, and it drops every week, and that's actually pretty popular, and it's gaining steam now. So that was created. And then I also started work on my second podcast, which is called The Instructor, which dropped, uh, what day are we on Tuesday? It dropped two days ago on Sunday. Uh, Sunday the 11th, the first two episodes of that. Um, they were the big things I've done that are visible. But beyond that, um, sort of November, December, and January, I focus a lot on my health as well, mental and physical. A lot of stuff I focused on there, um, largely sort of on the nutritional side of it as well. Um, dropped weight, not as much as I'd like, but I mean, I can explain this if you want, but a lot of the stuff I do is slow process rather than fast process. But losing weight in a much better mental state now than I was a year ago, two years ago, 10 years ago. A much stronger person because of that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. You know, just those few little things that I mentioned there. So, so would you say you've actually reinvented yourself? No. I would say that I've gone back to the person that I wanted to be 20 years ago. Um, the person I am now is the person that I hid away from everyone when I was 15, 16, 17. Um, I'm now that person, the person that no one's ever seen, essentially, because I was too embarrassed to let that person out. Because so you've actually essentially, you've, you've created assets for your business. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you have, you had one stream of income and that was driving a car, mm. coaching people in a car. That was literally taken away overnight, essentially. Yeah. You've then created assets to your business. Granted, your course hasn't done as well as you have, but you've learned some skills there. Yep. You could quite easily go back into that, adapt it, ask your, your, your people what they want, ask your tribe what they want, and create something different. So you've essentially created some form of asset that you could monetize yep. or certainly look to develop. You've also created a podcast, which is getting some steam. Yeah, It's getting some you, – you, you've kind of gone out, out your way or you've, by the sounds of this, you've looked at an opportunity. You've taken an opportunity. You've had a lot of time. You've taken an opportunity, you've helped a lot of people without getting anything in return, which is absolutely huge. Obviously, you're helping people, but it's also good for you as well because it helps you as well. 
but the biggest thing you've you're actually working on your health. So do you would you say that lockdown was actually a blessing for you? Now I know there's a lot of people who I hate saying that lockdown's an opportunity for people because it has been an opportunity. For you. I know people a lot of people have lost people in it, and it's it has been a terrible time. A lot of lives have been lost and all these types of things, but at the same time, it has been a big opportunity. Would you say 2020 was being an opportunity for you? Can I just touch back on another point before I answer that? Of course. You mentioned um, that I've sort of given a lot of stuff away, freed a lot for other people without getting, you know, without getting much back. That's not actually the case. I got so much back, so much back. I've learned so much from so many people. You know, when you give something away free, it it reciprocates so much more a lot of the time. You know, I I just look at. I look at the way my students have been with me. You know, I mean, and this is probably the best example. And again, I'm not saying that I'm the only person in the world that's done this, but I'm talking, you know, about me. Um, I look in these other groups and everyone's complaining about the students. I don't. You know, I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying I never, ever complain about them. But I just look forward to working with them again because they've been brilliant with me. They've, they've been absolute. I had a student in those. That, I didn't mention this actually. I'd forgotten. I had two students in that first lockdown that continued to pay me. Every week they would have had a lesson, they paid me. In a, and they're obviously built up for, for when they came back. So they had money in the bank essentially. So yes, that benefited them as well, but it helped me out. They knew I needed that. I didn't ask for it. They offered. I probably shouldn't have accepted it in reality, but there has been massive massive returns for me there they're just not necessarily visual so so yeah it wasn't done for that reason but what i've got back from doing that free stuff far outweighs anything i've i've done which probably also answers a question you asked which was yeah this lockdown has been this is a horrible thing to say but one of the best thing that's ever happened to me um i don't think i don't think i'd have released a podcast if there's no lockdown because I keep finding excuses for it. I don't think I'd have necessarily sought out... Well, I wouldn't have met some of the people I've met without lockdown. I wouldn't be speaking to you now without lockdown. I can earn my money back. You know, yes, again, this is it sounds horrible to say because of the way it's affected people, and it has. You know, there are people I know that I've lost, so there is that side of it. But from a purely selfish perspective, financially, I'm crippled right now. I can't hide them but mentally and physically i'm in a better position than i have been for i don't know 20 years hey just can you hear jumping in real quick let me ask you a quick question are you serious about building and growing a personal training or a health coaching business because if you are then i have a free gift for you see the biggest thing that holds people back is the mindset it's the limiting beliefs it's the self-doubt it's these things that really get into your head and stop you from progressing forward is self-sabotage. Now I have a free gift. There's a seven mindset blocks stopping you from getting clients. In here, I'm going to give you the three biggest things you need to develop a successful business. Confidence, clarity, which in the end is going to bring you clients. Clients are the lifeblood of your business. So if you want to get this sorted now, then download my free guide. The link is in the show notes. So how does this push you forward for the future then? So what I'm hearing is that you're actually, you've created purpose. Mm. You, 
Would I be wrong in the assumption that maybe you were working more for money before the lockdown hit? And it was more, <clears throat> excuse me, it was more of a, a way to generate income, which is which is cool. But now you've actually found a different direction. You found something which gives you more purpose in life. Like you're saying, you haven't got the finances now, yet you sound like you're in a much happier place than you ever have been. I think you're partly right in that someone asked me the other day, uh, in fact, I got into an argument in the Facebook group about this, uh, but someone asked me, um, someone had said something about retiring and, um, and I probably never will. I don't see myself retiring. I can still see myself doing one driving lesson a week when I'm 90, you know, because I enjoy delivering driving lessons. What I don't enjoy is having to deliver driving lessons. I have to do that to earn a living. That takes all the, or not all, a lot of the fun out of it for me. So I don't want to do sort of 36 hours a week plus, which is what I'm doing now. I don't want to do that long-term, but I have to. So yeah, on, on that side of it, I'm doing it for money and I was doing it for money before, but the actual delivering of lessons, I also enjoy. So it is finding a balance there. Long-term, I want to drop the number of lessons that I'm doing. Um, so yeah, and, and regards to being a purpose, there is, I'm, I think every day I'm getting closer to actually deciding or defining what I want to do. And just when I was speaking before, I had a little bit of, uh, almost like a bit of an epiphany when I mentioned about, I'm becoming the person that I wanted to be when I was 17. 17 year old Terry wanted to be a DJ. He wanted to be on radio. I'm podcasting. You know, that's what I'm doing now. It's not the same thing, but it's pretty damn close. You know, I don't want to be on radio now, but I'm effectively doing that. And it, that just twigged when I mentioned it before. And it's like, I'm, I'm finding the things that I want to do and that I enjoy. And that I think that's creating a, a little bit of a purpose to go forward. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I don't know whether you've read, but Robert Green has a book called Mastery. And what he describes in his book is that, and this is what I, 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 I fully believe this. We all have something unique. Not one person is what there's, there's 7 billion people in the world, 7.11 billion people in the world. Not two people are the same. Everybody's different. Everybody, yes, we're made up, probably 95% the same, but there's something different in all of us. And what Robert Greene describes in his book is that this uniqueness is something that keeps us apart from everybody else. And we have this when we're very first born. But what happens as we get older, you know, we have things that we like to do as kids and we're younger and we just gravitate towards these natural things that we like doing. It's interesting you mentioned DJing. But then as we kind of get older, we follow career paths that we don't necessarily enjoy, we don't like, you know, we we, we get pushed into a society where we have to buy, you know, get a, go, to, go to college, go get a degree, get a house, get a really good job, get a nice family and then retire and die. You know, that's kind of how society places us. And what happens is we pile all these things on top and we actually lose this special part of us. But if we have time to think about and explore ourselves we find these things we can you can still find this thing that we were born with it's interesting that you mentioned djing and now you're doing a podcast you're essentially you found that thing like you're doing a podcast you're not getting paid for it you enjoy doing it you're finding your creativeness you're finding this thing inside you that gets you fired up mm. now this could take you i don't know where that could take you you know you're saying now you want to be driving doing the lessons when you're nine year old 
you could completely change your trajectory of life if you continue with this podcast because it's something that you really enjoy. It'd be interesting to see where you go with that. But I just think that's a really interesting point that you're finding this thing now um, and it's that uniqueness. And you know, I just, if I could say anything, just just keep on with that. You know, keep on with that thing that really get, gets you excited and gives you gives you purpose, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's odd because I, I can't remember who it was, but someone asked me, I don't know if it was on Facebook or personal or whatever, but like towards the end of last year or start of this year, they asked, um, what's the biggest thing you'd learn from 2020? What's your biggest takeaway? Mine was acceptance. It was just accepting things. It was accepting that I mentioned before about me having slow growth. It was accepting that I'm not someone that's going to skyrocket. I'm always going to take a slow, for, for many reasons, but going to take a slow trajectory. It's accepting the fact that my wife has multiple cirrhosis and therefore I can't have exactly the same relationship that I would have with someone that didn't have multiple cirrhosis. It's accepting the fact that some people may say, look at the size of your forehead. It's accepting the fact that some people will think I'm stupid for having a, a podcast for instructors. It's accepting that and just thinking, so what? That's what I want to do. And as long as I'm not causing anybody harm, I've accepted everything. And that's that and that's helped me so much this year. Just again, somewhere clicked. It's like I just accept it. I used to want to be a radio DJ and it's obviously crept back in in the forms of podcasting. I've accepted that this is what I want to do. You know, when when I reached out and asked you to come on my podcast, it was very much accepting that you might say no. You might say no. So what? I'll ask someone else. You know, it's accepting that these things happen, and that's not a bad thing when that happens. And yeah, bad things do happen. Even those, you accept them. You take the time you need to deal with the bad situation, and then you move on. And and that's a, I think that's helped me find or helping me find my purpose as well. Accepting that. I am someone that doesn't have one overriding passion over everything. I've got lots of little things. And it might be that I jump from one to the other quite a lot. Why all these um, gurus and, and coaches and trainers, they all say, just focus on one thing at a time. And yeah, do you know what? That's probably right in most cases. It doesn't have to be right in mine. I, I take a, my, As you said, everyone's different. Yes, the smart thing to do, focus on one thing. And just do that. Make that your priority. But you know what? If I focus on five and that makes me happy and I don't get the growth I want or I get the growth I want over a long period, but I'm happy, I'm going to accept that. Acceptance gives you inner peace. That's where I say if you can accept something for the way that it is, it gives you inner peace. That's It does, doesn't it? Because if you don't accept it, then you just torn up inside. You're frustrated. You're angry. You're annoyed. You know, the world owes you a living. But if you can just accept the way that it is, I mean, how many people got pushed in lockdown and went, this is awful. And <laughs> probably everybody, you know, everybody was pushed in that position. The difference is who the ones who accepted, who accepted the situation and moved on with it. Mm. Who is still in that situation of not accepting it, still not finding routine, still not getting into the minds that the world is changing and it's never going to be the same. It's not. That is the big thing. It's never going to be the same. And it's accepting that. 
but then accepting that you have opportunities, accepting that I can make the difference. If I want to, I can make the difference. And I can do it in my own unique way. Like you said, do you have to focus on one thing? It depends what kind of state of growth you want. If you are just happy with what you're doing, you love doing these five things, you love exploring and you're going at your own pace. That's awesome. That's what makes you you. And to me, I think that's what a lot of people miss. They're just always looking at, well, I've got to be over here and I've got to do this because that's what he says and that's what they say. So what what they say? What do you want? Like, what do you want to do? What makes you happy? Exactly. I think you're, I think you're spot on again. And, and you know, it's, it's an approach I brought back to my driving lessons this time. In fact, I was, I was messaging a student before I came on today or talking about a lesson we've got coming on Friday. Uh, and I'll joke with her saying, you're going to see a slightly different Terry because I'm really going all in coach, whereas previously I was a bit hesitant. And I think over last year, the lesson I did, I wasn't good enough. I let outside influences get me down. I let them impact. I let the negative, again, I'm not criticising my industry, but the negative side of driving instructors, I let those drag me down rather than listening to the, the more positive side. But I'm coming in this time with a fresh approach. And I've only had three lessons so far this week. I had one on Monday, two today, and then I've got three tomorrow. I've kind of built, eased myself into it. But they've been the three best lessons I've ever done. I've enjoyed them probably more than any other lesson. And that's because of the approach that, that I've taken to them. And it's again, it's the it's coming in and asking what they want to do and, and, and working around them rather than me telling them what to do, which I've always done a bit but not fully embraced. Whereas this time I'm coming in, what should we do today? And they'll tell me and then we'll discuss it and we'll, dis- and they'll, we'll work out what we're going to do. We'll set an outcome goal and we go and achieve the outcome goal. And then everyone's happy. You know, and it, it's, so yeah, I've, I've got a real buzz off the lessons this week and I'm looking forward to the ones coming up and it's because everyone's different. You know, someone might have the goal of, they want to achieve you know, 70 mile an hour roads. They want to feel, get more confidence on 70 mile an hour roads. Other one might have the achievement of they want to master left turns. Well, don't matter. That's what they want to do. And, and and if they buy into that and then they buy into me and I buy into them, then it's, it's win-win all around. It's the role of the coach, isn't it? And I think that's, again, probably something that we spoke about in your podcast. It's getting out of the instructor mindset and into the coaching mindset, which is completely different. Mm. you know instructor tells people what to do a coach coaches people yeah i think that's the difference speaking about differences what difference do you want to make what difference again we i know you spoke about this on your podcast so i'm interested to know what difference you want to make now so you do you've in this position where you've developed a lot i know you speak a lot about your industry what difference do you want to make so the the driving instructor industry yeah just in 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 life and driving what difference do you just want to make what impact do you want to make across the board? It's it's a good question because there's lots. And you know, I've got the I have these grandiose ideas, and in reality, I'm not going to be able to achieve them all. Um, I spend the first hour every day, you know, crossing out ideas that I've had the night before that I had when I was sleepy and <laughs> I've wrote down because they're just silly and not feasible. And not that they're not. I'm going on a tangent, apologies. I'll come back. Um, so I have lots of ideas, but so it's narrowing down what I actually want to achieve and where I want to achieve it. There is still a bit of that I need to do. But like within my industry, if I could make the difference of people taking driving seriously, 
that that would be the big one. Now, I know I can't impact every single person out there. If I could make some sort of a change, and I'm still trying to work out how to do that. You know, the, the theory test podcast is one, the driving instructor podcast is the other. I've got some other ideas that, you know, are in the pipeline a little bit now, uh, books and groups and, and all that shizzle. Um, but that would be the, the big thing, making people, other road users and instructors take driving more seriously because, and I hate to get morbid, but five people die on average every day on, on English roads, on UK roads. That's a lot of people that die every day due to car, uh, car collisions. Um, that's way too many. Shouldn't even be one. You know, there, there was a, a thing released by, uh, it was a government scheme, I think, uh, called Project Edward, which stood for every day without a road death. And that lasted about a month and then whatever happened. And that was supposed to be like a big scheme and it died on its ass. I don't want that. I want, I want that to be taken seriously. I think aside from that, I, I don't, I'm not desperate to make grand sweeping changes. I think what I want to do more going forward is work with individuals. I want to make an individual I want to say happy. Maybe that's the wrong word. I want to help individuals. And that's why I like being a driving instructor because you're working one-on-one with people. I think I want to take it into other areas as well, but I'm not quite sure yet. So I think that there's not a grand scheme there. It's, it's making individuals happy because I like that. When you've touched someone's life, when you've made a difference. I mean, I've still got students now that now and again, they'll text me and they'll say, oh, I've just done this road. I never, ever thought I'd do this road. You know, these are guys that have passed their test like three years ago and they'll still drop me a message now and again. It's like, it's the most heartwarming thing in the world. You don't expect that as a driving instructor. Um, I think it's that I want to, I'm going to say I want to touch more people. I'm not going to say that because someone will clip that and just put it out there. Terry wants to touch more people. Um, <laughs> I, want to, <laughs> I want to affect more people. I want to impact more people, but on a personal basis, not just massively. Um, I think that's they're the, the the two two areas I like to make a difference more to, to people individually, and then just getting people to take take uh, take driving and road safety not a bit more seriously, a lot more seriously. It starts with one person, though, doesn't it? You know, and yeah. that's that's the thing. You like everything you've mentioned there. It's just about making an impact in the industry, but why? Because then less people will die but impacting someone individuals so they feel about the confidence you've impacted their life by getting them through the driving test and finishing with confidence you know not kind of being a gibbering wreck or you know thinking that they're never going to pass the test and i think that's a huge huge thing you know but it does start with one person doesn't it and i think that's a, it's a good way of viewing it you can impact one person's life then you impact 10 well i think the other thing is i mentioned before about almost being back to being 17 now I don't feel 17 physically, but I, I kind of, I feel like I'm there option-wise in that right now I've just got this massive blank canvas in front of me and I don't really know what I want to paint on. So in terms of like making a difference, what I want to do, I don't really know. I've got some ideas there. I've mentioned a couple, but I've got some ideas, but, and I'll probably explore a few things, but I'm genuinely excited to see what happens over the next 11 years genuinely excited to see what happens over the next 11 years 
Cool. I love I love how you said you've got a a big canvas and you don't know what to paint on it yet. That's awesome. But you've got all those ideas, you've got all those things, you've got that. You found that in a child. Yeah. I'd really I don't like to say the inner child, but it's again it's going back to that uniqueness, it's going back to that thing that we have as a kid and we lose as we get older. Once you find that, it's liberating, isn't it? Because yeah. Then you stop worrying about what other people think. Things like imposter syndrome, things like anxieties, you tend to kind of manage these so much better because you accept who you are, you accept your values, and you think, you know what is this is my take on the world. This is what I want to do. You know, if you want to change the industry, that is huge purpose. Like that is huge. And I know what you're saying, well, I'm not going to change it overnight. And you know you're not, but if you can make a big impact day by day by day and it starts by just helping one person. Over time, that's going to compound, and eventually, you're going to change things. And I, I do strongly believe that if you've got a really strong enough purpose, and you've got that, what desire, if you like, inside of you, that fire or desire, whatever you want to kind of call that, to make a difference, and you will make a difference. Well, it's, I think you're right as well when you say in a child. I don't, I don't think there's anything. Uh, almost, I don't think there's anything belittling about that. I think it's a compliment. I think. I look back to my school years. I mentioned I hated school, and I did. It was boring, but also I had the imagination beaten out of me, you know, and that's not meant to be a criticism on the school system. It was my environment. It was the people I hung around with. It was some of the teachers, not all. It was some of them, and it was, you know, part of the reason. I, I used to be called shy. And, you know, maybe introvert, extrovert, whatever. I'm not wanting to put a label on it, but I was just seen as a shy kid. Why was I a shy kid? Because people told me I was a shy kid all the time. I wasn't allowed to be an extrovert. And I probably am an introvert, but I wasn't allowed to act like an extrovert, you know, and, and that got beaten out of me. And then I left high school and I went to college and I allowed myself to come out a little bit because it was a new environment. But what did I do? Again, I surrounded myself with, negative people with people that kind of push and I wasn't a strong enough person to come out against that you know that was a it was a flaw in me I wasn't strong enough to come out over the environment I was in and I put myself in these environments and you know and then I'm not going to mention names just in case anyone ever listens but I met someone who really pushed me down who really kept me down and 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 that was just when I was starting to kind of come out again you know, there was a point when I was in the building trade when I was just flying and, and I went over to Australia by myself, Australia New Zealand by myself for three or four weeks. And to do that by yourself, you know, I'll give myself credit. That's pretty brave for someone that was scared to go to White Rose Centre, which is in Yorkshire, but White Rose Centre by himself. I went to Australia by myself. But again, that was beaten down at me. And if I'm being honest, it was when I met my wife, she allowed that. So girl, I can do what I want. She's my tester. I'll go to her and I'll say, is this wrong when I say this? And I know that if she says it is, it must be pretty bad. <laughs> so she's like my litmus test for stuff. She just, she'll let me say, oh, but she's taught me that there is a line. <laughs> you know, it's a lot further down than, than I thought it was. And it was only when I changed my environment, which is only going back to maybe two and a half years, and started surrounding myself with people that that didn't belittle me, that didn't put a cap on my success, that didn't use phrases like "you don't appreciate grandiose" or, or whatever, or you know whatever people wanted to say that were just 
that actually encouraged me and would say, well, if you want to do that, give it a go. You know, that then lets me out of the bag a little bit. Because again, 10 years ago, I there's, this podcast don't go out. Uh, my podcast don't go out, sorry. You know, two two years ago, I wouldn't do a Facebook Live. I wouldn't even do a pre-recorded. I didn't do selfies, you know. And now I do lives and and I'm, um, and then I edit them down into, if you ever get a chance, go watch a, a short drive that I do. It's where I edit down a, an hour long live into 60 seconds and just me going, um, for 60 seconds. <laughs> I quite, I've been watching a few of them. They're quite good. I amuse myself too much for them. I really do. But, you know, I do that now. I do podcasts and it, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm not afraid. There's always going to be a fear there, but I'm not afraid to overcome that fear. You've got to have fear. The, the, that's the thing. Uh, people want to be free of fear and you're never free of fear. You'll never be free of fear. Fear is there for a reason. It's protection, isn't it? If you've got a man eating lion coming towards you, you've got to be scared. If you're not going to be scared, you're going to be eaten. That is what fear is. But the thing is, we see it in a different way. You know, jumping onto Facebook Live, pressing that button. There's fear there, isn't it? But really, what have you got to be feared about? Is the lion's not going to come out the screen and bite your face? <laughs> It's like literally nothing is going to happen, is it? There's nothing going to happen, but we we fear these things. And it's being resistant to that. I think that's the biggest thing. It's 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 not the absence, you know. I think it's 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 Mark Twain's quote, it's um courage is the absence courage isn't the absence of fear, it's a mastery of fear and resistance to fear. That is what courage is. This is why I'm so big on courage as opposed to confidence. Confidence mm. is a reward. Like if you're going to take the action steps the confidence is reward for you doing that. Like if you're going to put yourself out there and help your people go on a Facebook live, because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about those people who you're trying to go. I mean, if you're just going to Facebook live to put yourself out there for no reason at all, then yeah, that's just all about you. But if you're actually trying to help somebody go into a group and help somebody, even though you're crapping your pants scared to press that red button that says live, but you do that and eventually you get confident in it, don't you? That's your reward for doing that. You're confident and you're like, do you know what? I don't mind Facebook lives anymore. They're pretty good. I don't mind podcasts anymore. I quite like them. You grow in confidence. It's it's making things work for you. It's the things that you don't like or the things that you're scared of. It's turning them around to your advantage. And I'm going to give an example. Before I give this example, I'm going to make an apology because she listens to everything. So I apologize for this next one, mum, right? <laughs> she, she won't like this, right? I hate my name. I, I dislike the name. My name is, full name is Terence Gordon Cook. I don't like it, never liked it. To me, it sounds middle class. I'm about as far from, you can tell with the accent, there's nothing middle or upper class about me. It's broad northern Yorkshire, right? Right, there you go. Um, no, that. <laughs> oh God, I'm going on a detour. I'm going to tell you this now. I did a podcast the other day and in the same sentence, I said this, the word motorway and motorway. <laughs> motorway and motorway it just amused me <laughs> anyway um yeah I, I dislike my name and when i asked her why i was called terry she said so we could call you terry like, well just call me terry you know <laughs> but I, I don't i've never even liked the name terry i just I, it's just not been something i've been keen on i don't know what i called myself but i don't know. anyway recently i've embraced it i've accepted it there you go i've accepted it what do i do now i add it to everything so now everything is terrific and terrifying, and it's terrible, you know, <laughs> and I've got all these Love words, 
And and someone said the other day that my students should start calling themselves pterodactyls. It's like, yeah, this is this, and I've embraced it, I've accepted it, and it's no longer a problem for me. There's no longer a fear there about my name because I've just accepted it. And then just the other thing on fear, and this just sounds it's it's like the worst advice in the world, but it's also the best. Just just do it. Like you said, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, no offense at all to you when I say this, kid. No offense at all. But there was one person that wasn't you that I was scared of inviting on my podcast. I don't know if I told you this or not. But there was one person I was I was particularly scared of inviting because of the esteem I hold her in. Um, oh, sorry, the esteem I hold them in, not her, them. Um, whereas for you, I, I didn't really know you that well. So I don't think I'd built up that fear yet. But with this person, I was scared to ask them to come on. And it wasn't a fear of them saying no. I think it was a fear of them thinking, yeah, as if I'm going to go on that idiot's podcast, he's not successful enough for me to go on there. And I had to talk myself around. I think, well, if they do say that, they're not going to say that to me. <laughs> you know, it'll be pretty asking if they said that to me. But they might think that. And I just, well, so what if they do? At least I know to ask someone else then. So I just did it and I just asked him and the response I got back was hard. Yes. And I'm, and it were, and even if they'd have said no, so what? I'd accepted that already that they might say no, but if I hadn't have asked, then they'd never come on. If I don't ask, they're not going to come on. And because I've asked all these people and because I had the balls to go on and actually talk about this podcast before it was even released, I had people messaging me asking to come on the podcast. Again, really? 18 months ago, two years ago, no one, I don't talk about the podcast. I don't do it. But even if I did it, I wouldn't tell anyone about it. I'd just put it out there and not mention it and hope that someone magically finds yeah. it. But now I'm talking about it as far as release. Now I've got people asking for links. And I'm going to say, yeah, no, sorry, there's, there's nothing recorded yet. I'll send you one when it's done. And I've got people asking to come on. And I've also got smashing people such as yourself asking me to come on your podcast. I mean, what an honour that is. Seriously, someone has asked me, let alone me, to come on and talk about me, essentially, on their podcast. Can you, can you genuinely, can you get a bigger privilege than that? I don't think you can get a bigger compliment or privilege than someone saying, come and talk to me on my podcast. Not necessarily podcast, anything. I don't think you can get a big compliment on that. And again, that doesn't happen unless I start that ball rolling. And it doesn't. It doesn't exactly that. A lot, like, I think the biggest fear for people is that they doubt themselves. They don't think that they're important enough. They don't think they have anything valuable to share. Everybody has. Everybody has their own unique story. Everybody has their own unique way of doing things. And that's what makes everybody different. And if, if, I, could, if I could just get people to do one thing, and that would just be explore your backstory. Like what you've had, some, everybody's had something happen. You don't just get born and sit in a room all day and turn 45 and nothing's happened in my life. Like things have happened in your life. Like seriously, things have happened in everybody's life in some fashion, whether you're a kid, teenager, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it doesn't matter what it is. You've got a story. That's, that's what makes it special. It's what makes you special. It's what makes people special. You know, everything about them. And people just appreciate that more. They would have more confidence in themselves. They would have more value and self-respect. And maybe self-respect probably not the right word, but they have more 
I don't know what's just, they would just have more belief in themselves. And I think that's a great thing. You know, you just got to put yourself out there and just do it anyway. Like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, someone says no to you. Great. The only person that's going to remember that no is yourself. That person probably won't even remember. So why worry about it? The chances are, as soon as they've said no, they'll go and do something else. They forgot about who you are. And if that's the case, you've got to say, oh, fair enough. I'll go and ask somebody else who maybe does remember us after five seconds. And even that, even if someone says no to you, that's a no today. It's not necessarily exactly. a no tomorrow. You know, like I said, I've done, I hate to bring it back to this, but it's the best example I've got. The podcast, I've done season one. The reason, not boy with that story, but I've done season one, but I've got people that said, I can't come on this time. Right, well, we'll get you on for season two or season three, just because they say no this time. It might just not be appropriate for them. And also, how good is it that that person feels comfortable saying no to you? Because as humans, as people, what do we do? We say yeah to everyone. I think if someone takes the time out to actually reply and say no, that actually tells you something about what they think of you. They respect you enough to do that. Some people just like to be rude, don't they? Yeah. You know, you don't just walk up with somebody and ask them out and expect to get a you know marriage proposal. You've got to put some groundwork on there. You know, you, you <laughs> you've got to kind of buy them a drink and you know make yourself known for a few times before you start getting the rings out and say, "Come on, let's go and get." Them. Well, I don't know. We we got engaged <laughs> about three weeks in. I may have got engaged because Will had in bed and wife says, to, "Well, she's not wife at the time, obviously," but she said to me, um, "Should we get married?" And I went, "Yeah, all right." Oh no, that she said, "Should we get married?" And I went, uh, and she went. I've already got a ring left from your grandma. I went, yeah, all right. That that was like three weeks into his relationship, and we've been together, I think, nine years this year. So awesome! Oh well, it was the right thing to do. It was. So I've got one final question for you, Terry. And I ask everybody who comes on this, and it's interesting to get p- different people's perspectives on it. So this podcast is about inspiring opportunity, freedom, and growth. Okay, so we spoke a lot about opportunity. We spoke a lot about um, growth. What does freedom mean to you? That is a good question. And one that I'm talking like this because it's given me a chance to think about an answer while I speak. Yeah. Freedom it, to me is it's all choices. That's what freedom is. You've got the choice to, to do what you want. So I've got the choice to go do driving lessons tomorrow. I do. I don't have to go do them. I can let people down. But it's my choice. That's that's freedom to me. It's, it's what you do with that choice that matters. So the more that freedom develops, it's almost like the less choices. No, that's wrong phrase. Not the less choices. It's different choices. So my choices today are, oh, sorry, my choices tomorrow regarding work are, well, if I don't go to lesson, I don't get paid. If I don't do the lesson, I'm letting people down. So that's like less freedom in those choices. But as my, I'll use that example, as my finances get better and my number of hours I do go down, then more through the day, I've got more time to make different choices. So freedom, to, I probably won't explain that very well. Freedom, it's all about choices and the different choices you make and what you do with those choices. Because everyone has freedom. All this nonsense and crap about, oh, you earn freedom, you work all these hours, do everything to then get free. It's nonsense. You've got freedom because you can choose whether to work those hours or not. You can choose whether you want to work, live. And this isn't a criticism to anyone, by the way, because my parents live in, well, the boy now, but live in the, I was born and raised in a council estate in Bramley, which is one of the roughest areas in Yorkshire, right? So you've got a choice whether to stay there. 
you can work hard and it might take you 20 years or you can get lucky and it might take you six months. But you've got a choice what to do. I had a choice whether to stay in Bramley or not or whether to move elsewhere. I had a choice whether to come a driving truck. Every day we've got freedom to make these choices. It's not about, oh, you learn your freedom. You've got freedom now. You just choose how you spend it. Great answer. Love it. All right, I'll take Thank you that. Very much. Thank you very much for that, Terry. So just to finish off, where can people find you? So if anybody wants to come in and listen to your podcast, or if anybody wants to come in and just watch a really random 60-second videos <laughs> that you've taken from a 60-minute live, where can people find you? The the coolest thing ever at the minute, which I, I'm genuinely I'm highly amused by this. If you're going to Spotify or Apple or anywhere and type in Terry Cook, my podcast comes up. The instructor, you can type my name into a podcast, uh, into a podcast, and my podcast comes up, which I just find incredible. Like Terry Cook, boom, there's his podcast. And if I type the name of the podcast, just Terry Cook. So if you want my podcast, type in Terry just Cook. In Terry Cook. Yeah. So you must be the only Terry Cook with a podcast. Then. That's awesome. I've not seen any others. I think there's a Terry Cook with an E. And I'm Noe, so I should say that. And Terry also, despite what my phone tries to tell me, is T-E-R-R-Y. So there you go. Uh, not the <laughs> I, as it keeps trying to get me to do. Um, or you can search for Five Minute Theory or uh, The Instructor. But if you want anything driving related, head over to tcdrive.co.uk. It's all there. Now, if you go there, you can find all my links for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So if you go to tcdrive.co.uk, you can find everything there. Any link you want to the podcast, to Facebook, to Twitter, everything like that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Terry. It's been a privilege to have you on today. I appreciate your insights. And uh, thank you for being real. I think that's a big thing. I know, I know it's, it's hard for people to open up and be vulnerable. You have been that. So thank you for that. No problem. I appreciate the, the investment. Like I said before, I do see it as a genuine compliment. To, that someone wants even if it's just you <laughs> there's no audience but someone wants to to ask me and speak to me that to me is is a, is a compliment so i i appreciate that thank you terry um we shall catch up soon okay okay thank you for listening today if you got some value from this then please play it forward to someone else so they can continue to improve their life expand their awareness and use these tools to help them grow so make sure you copy and paste the link and share with a friend who you think would find it very interesting. If this is your first time here, please hit the subscribe button right now on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening from and leave us a rating or review because every time you get a rating or review, it helps us improve the quality of the show. But more importantly, it helps us spread our message, impact more lives and help more people. And that's what I'm all about, impacting more lives so we can grow and be successful in our own right. So thank you for sharing your time with me today. And remember, everything that happened, has happened so far in your life has led you here. You have a mountain of value right beneath your feet that you can use to impact the lives of others. This is your superpower. And as always, don't be afraid to think differently and never give up on your dreams. <laughs>